Welcome to Animals to the Max. I'm your host, Corbin Maxey. This show is about animals and the people who dedicate their lives to them. And welcome everybody back to another episode of the Animals to the Max podcast. I'm your host, Corbin Maxey. Thank you so much for taking the time to hang out with me, for giving me your ears. On today's show, we have a fantastic topic. We're going to talk about a controversial one. Yes, that is right. We are talking about wolves. And if you have been a fan of the Animals to the Max podcast, you'll know that we've covered wolves a lot. I think I've had at least seven episodes just dedicated to wolves. And the reason why I keep featuring them is because wolves need a voice right now. They are going through some seriously hard times and wolves and their protections and how we manage them is ever changing. I like to keep my listeners up to date on, you know, what's going on. And on the program, I talked to one of my good buddies, Jeff Ewelt. He is the executive director of Zoo Montana. And we talk about what's going on right now with wolves, because what's going on right now in Idaho, where I live, and in Montana, where he is, is not good. In July, they passed a bill here in Idaho to eliminate 90% of all the wolves in Idaho. They passed a bill in Montana to eliminate 80% of the wolves in Montana. They now have bounties on them where they're encouraging people to go out and kill them. I think it's like $2,500 if you bring the carcass into fish and game. It's just, there's just a bunch of stuff going on. And I want you to know going into this, this is not a doom and gloom. We are looking at the bright side, but I feel like I need to keep you informed. And you know, this podcast is also for maybe people who are anti-wolf. If you are listening to this and you hate wolves and you are just like, you know, you are just like ready to pounce at me or you're ready to just, ugh, just you're so angry about wolves. I encourage you to listen with open ears. We actually look at all the things that people say about wolves, all the negative things, and we try to counter them with data, with facts. And if you are a pro-wolf person and you would like to be equipped with more facts about why wolves are great, if you're having a discussion with a friend or a colleague, we provide you with that. So this is a great episode with a lot of insight, but wolves seriously, seriously need our help. Before we get to the episode about wolves, I would like to give a shout out to our new Patreon member, Shannon. Shannon, thank you so much for joining our Patreon community. If you are interested in joining the Animals to the Max Patreon community, all you have to do is head on over to patreon.com slash animals to the max. Shannon now gets access to all of our bonus after show interviews. We have hours upon hours of bonus after show interviews. After each interview, I will literally just have a conversation with the guests afterwards, and I literally just record that, and that is available for Patreon-only members. And this bonus episode, I asked Jeff the two animals that he would like to acquire at Zoo Montana, and you might be surprised with his response. I also, I just out of curiosity, asked him, what is the process if you do want to acquire new animal ambassadors? Like, how do you go about it? He also talks a little bit about wolverine training. Yes, Zoo Montana is one of the few zoos in North America that actually has wolverines, and he talks a little bit about their training, and I am so excited. So if you want to listen to that, just head on over to patreon.com slash animals to the max. I also encourage 
encourage you to rate and review the show wherever you are listening. It just helps push the show out to more and more people. We're actually ranked one of the top nature podcasts on iTunes, and that's because of you. That's just because of you listening and downloading and sharing this with family and friends. Okay, with that said, let's get to it. Let's talk about wolves. Jeff, welcome back to the show, man. Good to be here. Excited to chat today. I am so excited to have you back on the show. You were one of my favorite people to talk to, and I'm not even just saying that. That means a lot. Man. I appreciate that, and likewise. And and you know, I've it's I've, I've enjoyed being connected with you, watching you and uh, your your journey with uh, you know obviously your gator and uh, watching your all the shows you're doing, man. It's awesome to see. Congratulations. Yes, and I love keeping up with you too on social media, and that's why I that's why I reached out to you because I was scrolling through Instagram and came across a man a really uh, a, a a i guess a post that really struck me the wrong way and i thought oh my god i have to get jeff back on the show i appreciate that so yeah you know well, let's just jump into it uh, you know obviously being the director of zoo montana and being in montana i've become pretty passionate about montana wildlife and one of those animals are wolves and uh i quickly found out wolves are quite a controversial animal in the west um, i'm sure you've you've dealt with it heard about it and uh you know i i, I but i, I want to become a little more vocal on wolves and and why we need to help them there's some really bad things going on out there with wolves it's scary and uh, i put an op-ed piece out there and uh received a couple threats uh, one which you saw online which was just more of a verbal threat but i'm um, actually received a death threat in in return to it as well it's just crazy to me yeah let me just for the for the audience and by the way audience if you are not following jeff please do on instagram his handle is jeff the nature guy and i'm going to read this because i have your I, I actually have it posted i have it pulled out but i will i will bleep out the words okay so yeah, and basically so you wrote in the in the local newspaper paper is that what you did yeah it was actually it was a national op-ed and surprisingly um some montana papers picked it up western montana and then and then a couple others i, I want to say washington picked it up okay okay so you, you you basically the the article states by you that you wrote protect states wolves and somebody cut it out and wrote in red permanent marker are you really this effing stupid or do you think we are go back to california or whatever um, beephole you came from. We don't want you in Montana. Isn't that lovely? <laughs> yeah. So and, nice. and can I say something? I love your humor so much because I would be so riled up, but you just commented back and said, silly goose, I'm from Ohio. And I thought, oh my God, perfect, dude. You nailed it. Yeah. You know, I, one of the things that, I, I mean, you probably know is, is being, uh, you know, a person that's out there and, uh, you know, a lot of people see you and know you, you know, I, I'm quite, not quite to the level you are, but, but you know, you have to have a thick skin when you're putting videos on YouTube and TikTok and what have you. It, not everybody's nice. And and I've gotten a thick skin in my years. And so, yeah, when I first saw it, I was like, oh, you got to be kidding me. And, and, you know, but at the end of the day, I got to talk the talk, walk the walk. And I'm all about saving these wolves. And, you know, I know we're going to make enemies at that. It's just part of the game and it's time to move on. But definitely let's let's talk about what's happening. And I think that's that that's the scary thing. And I'm not sure everybody understands what's really going on in terms of wolves. And so one of the one of the, the problems uh are, are, are Idaho and uh Montana. So Idaho has agreed to allow for the slaughter of 90% of the wolf population. And get this, they're putting bounties on the wolves, it's like we're in 1900 again. And so literally you can get paid 2,500 bucks to bring a wolf carcass into fish and game 
that's that's dangerous. That is just a dangerous precedent. And Montana is no different. We're we're looking at an 80 percent uh, kill rate um, this year, which is just incredible. And and so far this year, 15 wolves have been killed here in Montana. That's not okay, uh, you know. And and I think for me and and for you know for those of us that are fighting for these animals, it's it's of course it's about the animal itself and the protection of the species. But wolves in particular, they're keystone species. These are animals that are so important to the ecosystem. If we lose them, we're going to see a lot of, of, um, of issues on so many levels, including the elk populations, which is what everybody's always complaining wolves are decimating, just simply not true. Yeah. I it's it, it's really disgusting and I actually tried to speak out about it back in actually back before the, the the bill passed in Idaho and I and I put a video out because they were saying that in July in Idaho that they are going to slaughter 90% and we tried doing the petition thing and it just it didn't work and it's it's honestly so disgusting and so barbaric and I feel like I feel like a lot of people aren't aware of it, though. Would you agree with me? Like, I feel like we have some really bad apples in the mix who are, like, controlling, like, politicians and, you know, controlling this stuff. And I feel like the majority of people have no idea what's going on. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that, Corbin. I think you're exactly right. And, and you know, well, I, what I will say is I expected a lot of backlash from this op-ed. And, and honestly, I didn't get much received some as, as you're well aware but overall most people were, were kind of aghast at the at the situation it's difficult for us in montana and i'm just going to put it out there that you know one of I mean, we have a governor who who shot a wolf in a trap illegally and didn't receive the slap on the wrist i mean so there's at the top level we've got you've got we've got some bad eggs and it and it's 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 frustrating to say the least uh you know what's what's funny to me is that what the, the the argument I often hear is that, as I said, wolves are decimating the elk population, when in reality, wolves don't want the elk that you want as a hunter. They they don't want the trophy elk. They, they go after the sick, the weak, the injured. That's easier for them. And, you know, then there's this big argument, well, they, they kill sport. They don't. They kill because you know, if there's an opportunity to cash away food for the winter, they will do that. They're not hunting for fun. Uh, you know, that's an easy way to anthropomorphize animals as, as, you know, in a negative light. And it's just, it's unfortunate. So, I, you know, and, and when it comes to cattle, and, and believe me, I, I am very mindful of a rancher's livelihood. I really am. I get that. But what we have to remember is in terms of kills, wolves kill less than 1% of cattle. Most cattle die from natural causes, diseases. Um, feral dogs, believe it or not, is a oh. bigger problem than than wolves, which is incredible. Mm. I mean, so to use that argument, it just simply doesn't make sense. It is not backed by true evidence. No, and I love, and that's the thing. When you, and this is a very, very hot debate. And I think when you go in with this discussion, you should be backed with facts. And that is why I love this podcast, because I've had on experts like you, wolf biologists. But here in Idaho, wolves account for less than 0.002% of livestock fatalities. And that has been, they've studied this for, 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 for three years, 0.002%. So I, a, a little over 100 cows or sheep each year compared to 40,000 I think it's either 40 or 60,000 are killed by just disease and weather alone so it's like 0.002 percent like what like what yeah 
and, and I think what we have to remember is that for the majority, probably not all, and I, and I don't have the data to back this up, but the majority of those are compensated for. So, you know, mm -hmm. there are rules and regs in place that if it is proven to be a wolf kill, you are compensated through the federal government for that. So there are answers in place. There's just a hate of predators, you know, and that is, you know, when, when we first, when the white man first settled here in America, man, that predator hate just, it was rampant. And and it just, to see it coming back is just, it's scary. And, I, you know, and, and I preach all day long. I know that, that those that don't understand this to hate this, but as cheesy as that whole circle of life from the Lion King is, you know, it is such a real thing. Mm. And you take out an apex predator out of that, that formula, we're gonna have problems. And what's crazy to me is that we have seen it in action through Yellowstone. You know, and when we eradicated wolves out of Yellowstone National Park, Yellowstone National Park almost died. You know, the rivers, uh, the, the quality of the river systems went down because the elk were eating the, the trees and, you know, and, and beavers were, were leaving and the fish species were dying out, amphibians. It was a, it was a, a, a cascading effect and we're, we're heading in that same direction. And that, that's a scary thing to me where we just don't seem to understand that, that, you know, science is real. There's this war on science right now. I just don't get it. I know. And I, I just want to say something, those wolves in Yellowstone, which if you have never had a chance to go to Yellowstone, I just highly, I mean, it's probably next to the Masai Mara in Africa is my favorite place to be in the world. People go to see wolves. Those wolves bring in millions and millions of dollars to that economy. So you, I mean, you literally ask anyone, what do you want to see? Wolves, like wolves and bears, right? Wolves and bears. That's wh yep. why you go to Yellowstone. And it, it's just crazy. Once they cross that imaginary park boundary, they can be shot. And that has happened so many times. These famous wolves being shot and, you know, wolves don't know these boundaries and it's, it's like, look at the money. I mean, I hate to t I hate to say this, and my friend Angie from the All Creatures podcast always says this, but she says if it's not about the money, it's about the money. And you look at look at it; they're bringing in so much to Yellowstone. And what I mean, you said they got what twenty five hundred dollars to kill one for a bounty, like twenty five hundred dollars compared to the millions that just one wolf can bring in each year is that that doesn't make sense financially. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and, but I agree with you is, is a lot of times these arguments have to revolve around money as much as I hate it as, as much as you do. Um, you know, money speaks, which is, which is too bad, but, it, but it's the case. And you're exactly right. You know, you, 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 you these wolves bring in so much, not just to that local economy, but uh, they bring so much into for biodiversity, which in turn leads to bigger and better elk, which is going to help the hunting population, which is going to obviously bring in dollars as well. And then you can get all the way down to the weeds. One of the things I mentioned in that op ed piece, and, and people call it silly, but it's true, is that it is even they can even keep uh, the uh, the you know deer and elk population in check and, and limit car deer strikes. I mean, oh. it's as goofy as that. But there are, I mean, you can tie it to so many dollars in so many different ways. But you're exactly right. Uh, these are these are, these animals. Um, they could, if you want to look at it that way, they could be seen as a commodity. And you're right; they're bringing in so much more in dollars than than killing one would ever bring in. Yes, and. 
let's go back to the wolves and and we have a you know and there's hunters that listen to this podcast which which is fine i like i don't personally hunt but if you are sustainably hunting like i have a very good friend who hunts and he hunts deer and he and, and ducks and it's like it's it's all legal and he eats everything he very rarely eats something from a grocery store and like I said, I don't have, I myself, I'll go to a grocery store and get something. So, I mean, I feel like what he's doing is way ethical than a lot of us eating from factory farms, but that's just a complete side topic. But there's a huge argument within the hunting community that, you know, yes, they're taking all the elk and the data points in Idaho last year, they had one of the highest harvests of elk on record from Idaho Fish and Game. Like from Idaho Fish and Game, like the the data supports that actually the elk numbers are increasing and the hunters are taking uh, more of a toll on the elk. It, right, and, 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 and yeah, exactly. And and you, you got to look at that true data. And for me, one of my arguments on that is wolves and and elk have coexisted for thousands and thousands of years. Mm. They nature balances itself. You you get that. Most people understand that wolves are not going to decimate a population of their prime food source. I mean, that relationship has happened forever. They're not going to wipe out the population. That's just an easy go-to if you ask me. And and I'm with you. I, I am not a hunter. I, I, I just I do not enjoy killing an animal. It's just not for me. But I get it. I have so many people that I I, I, I work with on a daily basis that hunt, and that's great. That's fine. You know, if that's what you want to do, especially if you're doing it ethically and legal, and you're eating the food, great. Just not for me personally. But you can't blame a natural predator for wiping out a population. That's just not going to happen, especially a native species. Yeah, not at all. And I just, yeah, and that's just a huge argument. Another argument I always get here in Idaho, which it's, you know, you and I are so close. We're practically, we are neighbors actually, is that we brought down, especially here in Idaho, the bigger, badder, like a different species of Canadian wolf. What is your take on that? Because that is a huge argument. Because when Fish and Game took them out of Canada and put wolves from Canada into Idaho back, I believe, in 1995 or 1997. And that's a huge argument is that these are a different species. Yeah, so gray wolf. I mean, that's that's how I look at it. Is there's a gray wolf. There's going to be these subspecies. Quite honestly, the gray wolf up in Canada, uh, the the timber wolf, I guess, is what, what a lot of people will use. Um, they are big. Uh, but I don't think that's translated well to the, the the release in Yellowstone. I really don't. I mean, you're not you're not seeing any more aggression. Uh, you know, basically when it comes down to it, for me, if an animal sees an easy kill, they're going to take an easy kill. That's going to be a sick and injured animal. And then if there's a cow uh, in the middle of a field where they're at, they're going to take that because that's an easy kill. The argument that they're bigger and badder, they're more aggressive. I don't buy it. I don't see it. Um, I think that's just an easy go-to as well, you know, just an easy thing to point out. Um, at the end of the day, they all kind of had this range, this timber wolf, this gray wolf, whatever you want to call it, all had the same range. Um, I don't I don't see any difference. That That's my personal opinion. Yeah, I have to send you an article from Idaho Fish and Game, which I'm shocked that they actually publish this. This is interesting. It's actually an article about is it is it a different species? And in the article, they they say no. They And they actually yeah. said that these Canadian wolves have probably been in northern Idaho for, I mean, even though we said we eradicated them, they've been going in and out of Idaho for, I mean, for, 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 for years. So they're saying that it's not a separate species, that these wolves have been here, and that it's not... 
you know, I mean, it's not something to be alarmed about. And, you know, wolves, I mean, they'll say like a large wolf, you know, a male can get like, what, 100, 130 pounds. I mean, that's big, though. That is a huge yeah. wolf. They're not going to be, you hear accounts of like 200 pounds and, you, and, and then you see those. God, I hate those photos of like hunters with wolves, but they take them from the angle to where the wolves look so big that they look yeah. like it's just, it almost looks photoshopped. Right, exactly. You know, and, and certainly, as you know, I mean, there's going to, every now and then, you're going to have one animal that's bigger than the others, just sure. for whatever reason. I mean, it happens in every species, but you're right. They're not the massive, like a lot of the pictures, when it's right up in the camera, make you, make you think it's a, it's a massive animal. It, it's just crazy. But, you know, well, for me, what was interesting, uh, we had a, a great lesson in, in, in um, how wolves are, are not liked and how they're, they're frowned upon. Uh, we br recently brought in a wolf here at the zoo that was found abandoned as a pup. Uh, Fish and Wildlife Park did everything they could to find mom and dad in, 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 the, in the pack and, and could not find it, so we brought him in. Um, long story short, after having for a bit, we found out after a CT scan, he's got hydrocephalus, so water on the brain. So we did a fundraising effort to raise money so we can uh, do surgery and put a shunt in his brain. And when I put that fundraiser out publicly, we got a lot of great support. I got I to gotta put that out there. Overwhelming support, quite honestly. But there were a few folks that were really angry at us for spending that kind of money. It was a $12,000 surgery for spending that kind of money on an animal, especially a wolf. And that really rubbed me the wrong way uh, because that's what we do. I mean, you know, that's where we spend our money on our animals. I mean, we're here for our animals, for our wildlife, to give them the best life possible. So I was angered by that. But what it was interesting to me is I'd like to do a social experiment. And if we had to spend that kind of money on surgery for a red panda, oh, I guarantee you, we would get no pushback whatsoever. So it's just interesting how those opinions really judge, uh, you know, the the welfare of of a species. And we saw it firsthand. I just found that interesting. Yeah, and we really do put animals like red pandas, uh, giant pandas are a huge thing. And a lot of people in the zoo community will just roll their eyes at giant pandas because a lot of people in the zoo community. I hate to break everyone's, um, I don't know, dreams or thoughts about this, but a lot of people, a lot of zookeepers roll their eyes and think they're just a waste of time. They're boring exhibit animals and they could put their money, their money towards better conservation efforts. That's just, that's, that's yeah. what I've, that's what I've heard. But it is funny because those charismatic species bring in so much. And I, I mean, I'd say wolves are charismatic, but they're definitely one of the most controversial animals. So that's why you're probably getting a lot of pushback for that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it really, I think it, a lot of it depends on the, 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 you know, the area that you're, you're in. I mean, obviously being in the West, wolves are going to be much more controversial. You know, I mean, you, you, I mean, just look at the wolf merchandise that's out there. I mean, how many people have the, you know, the wolf head, the spirit of the wolf and all that kind of stuff that sells so well, you know, if you're on the East coast, you're not going to see, I think as much hate as you do on the West here. And it's just part of it. It's part of the territory, but that said, I think it means that we on this side of the country need to have a bigger voice, uh, you know, and that's that's what we want to be here at the zoo is we just want to be able to, again, walk that walk and, and talk that talk. And yeah, it's going to it's going to be a little scary with some of the threats that we get. And, you know, sometimes I think that's just more talk than anything. But, you know, it puts us on high alert. I'm not going to lie. Uh, but at the end of the day, we're not going to give up. We're going to do everything we can petition the federal government. Let's relist these animals um, and, and give them a little bit more time before we once again make the mistake that we made you know back in the late early 1900s and uh i don't know i, I think we're heading that way yeah I, i'm not scared either although man i'll tell you what people have said really mean things about me but when when you bring up wolves man it is a whole i actually had to stop i actually stopped reading comments as a matter of fact to promote this podcast i'd love to do a post but i i really think that i should probably just not even 
look at comments because people are just people are serious like death threats and stuff people i had yeah. friends sending me and, and i had friends in the animal community who are like too scared to speak out about wolves and sending me messages like you're so brave and i'm like what <laughs> like what do you mean like am i gonna right. get shot <laughs> like what yeah. that the threat that I had, that was what I, I somebody sent me uh, my picture in the crosshairs of a scope and said, you're oh, next. What? Yeah, and I was like, oh, that, that's great. You know, but what kills me about people like that is they're cowardly. They never will. Like, you know, that letter I got that you read out, I there was no return address. There's no, you know what I mean? So they're cowardly. They don't give their names. They sit behind their keyboard. I don't know. I mean, I can't go on my life, you know, being scared that somebody's going to pick me off because I spoke out about wolves. It's a scary world, yes, but I agree. I'm with you. I can't read comments anymore. It's just not worth it. I, you know, call me what you want. Good luck. I, I don't know. God, yeah, that's crazy though. I've never, man. I do you notify the police when you have something like that? So I haven't. I probably should. Uh, you know, it's it's new territory for me. Um, it's probably not a bad idea, especially mm. with something like that. Uh, but I haven't yet. No. Yeah. Man, that's people are crazy. It's but would that person really say that to your face? That's the thing. Like it's like we're all talk behind a board, but then it's like, would that person actually, you know, say that to your face? Yeah. Yeah, and, and honestly, Corbin, all I care about is I want to have a civil conversation. Great. You know, I, I understand all sides of this issue. I really do. One of my favorite talks that we did several years ago was at another organization, and we brought in a wolf a biologist and myself to talk about, you know, wolves wolves here at the, at the, at, at the zoo. And then uh, we brought in a rancher. And oh. granted, it was a heated conversation, but it was civil. And we all were able to tell our sides. We took questions from the audience. That's all I care about. Let's talk about it. Let's get some data behind it. Let's talk about it. What can we do? How can we better a rancher's situation? How can we, you know, what's, what's the fine line there? And I think at the end of the day, until just this year, I think Montana did a pretty good job of managing wolves. I get it. I understand the management aspect of it, but it all fell off the rails this year when, when those bounties were put into place and then the, the okay. Like you said, it all starts in that legislation, and that's where we've got to get, get to is, is really – I think that's where it comes from. God, I know. I'm wondering how I can convince our governor. Maybe I could bribe him with an alligator tour because he's awful. No, I'm serious. He's the one who passed yeah. that bill. But the thing about it, it's it's all political. He's like, I believe he comes from a ranching family. So it's like all this, you know, it's just like that old school mentality, you know? Absolutely. I agree. I agree. And, and yeah, and then there's, there's other bigger things here as well. I, you know, I, I think that there, there has to be some, some, uh, good conversations with the tribes oh. uh, you know because the, the, those animals are so important to them and and i i think that a lot of times boundaries are, are overstepped in that terms and so i think there's bigger issues here um as well that that we're just we're skirting around and it's too bad yeah and let's talk about Oh, this is this always gets me so fired up and it's so depressing, but we should talk about it. Let's talk about what happens when you shoot a wolf that is part of a pack. Does it affect other members, Jeff? Is it just, I mean, is it helping the population or is that, yeah, can we get into that? Yeah, sure. And I, I it, it can be detrimental to a pack. You know, those pack systems are so important to those animals and if 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 an alpha dog is is shot let's say it's the alpha that shot it's the head of the pack 
could be male or female. Um, then what happens is that pack will sometimes it can dissolve. There'll be a lot of infighting to be who becomes that alpha animal. Um, it it could be a detrimental thing to that fa to that family pack. Uh, you know, and, and it, it, it could be devastating. And you're exactly right, is, is that's a big part of the issue as well. Um, it can screw up that entire entire family dynamic of, of that animal. Yes, and then that's when I found this so interesting. There's a really good book called uh, uh, Beyond Words with Carl, Carl Safina. I've had him on the show, but he, he talks about wolves. Okay. But he was saying that it was so interesting that when you do kill a member of the pack, you're displacing all the family members, right? And they start looking for food. They don't have pack members. And that's when they start attacking livestock, going into chicken coops. Like, so we're literally adding fuel to the fire. Yeah, and great point. And, and you're exactly right. As it's all connected. And I think that's what drives me the, the most nuts is that what folks think is, is helping you know, by eradicate, it's, it's, you're right. You're adding fuel to the fire. Perfect way to put it. Drives me bonkers. Yeah, let's, I know a complete 180, but really quick, uh, coyotes. Because, man, people here, they they just they just shoot them for sport. I just, I can't, I just, we were having, I can't even believe this. We were having a conversation with somebody because my wife and I also own a separate business. And we were talking to the gal, super nice. And somehow we got in conversation and she was like, oh yeah, my husband's off. They're going to go shoot coyotes today. And I remember thinking like at this dinner meeting, like what? Like what is, what? Like, and it's just coyotes are so, and I, I just thought of coyotes because there's evidence that states when you shoot a coyote, it literally does not help. The, it literally makes them breed even more, and then you have more coyotes, and it does not help with the population. What are your thoughts about coyotes? Yeah, I, I love coyotes. I always have. I just think what I love most about a coyote is that the fact that they're they're there's I mean, talk about a survivor. I mean, this is an animal that has adapted to so many changes in its natural history. I mean, for Pete's sakes, you can see them in, in, in Central Park in, in New York. I mean, <laughs> think that these these wild animals have adapted to human encroachment so incredibly well um, that you have to give them some props. Uh, but what that means is you're right. There's more of these conflicts with humans. And at the end of the day, what, what I think drives me nuts. And I know this is just fluff that drives anti-wolf and coyote folks crazy, but we are encroaching into their space and we can't, and I'm not even going to put out there that, you know, we need to do our part, whatever, but we have to understand that when we encroach into an animal space and that animal is able to adapt, we have to figure out a way to live with that. It's just something that's going to have to happen. And we cannot expect that that animal is going to be like, oh, humans, I'm, I'm backing away. That animal is going to do all they can to survive just like we are. And so for that reason, I think I love coyotes. I hate that there are still roundups in this country where you're right. It's, uh, you know, it, it, rattlesnakes are the same way. Oh it's like, God. let's have a rattlesnake kill day and just kill as many as we can. That's <sighs> that's brave, you know, especially with your scope rifle that can reach 200 yards. You know, I don't know. Go out there and, and hand battle a coyote and see who's who's top. But at, at the end of the day, uh, those roundups are sick. 
I, I, I can't stand them. Again, I understand there has to be a management component, but I think there can be a better way to do it than just allowing anybody and everybody, uh, you know, to go out and kill an animal like that. It's, it's, it's sick and it's sad. I, it's so sick and sad. And I just like, don't understand people, but I feel like people genuinely, like when that gal told me like, Oh, they're going to go kill coyotes. I think that she thought like, Oh, we're, we're doing a, like my husband's doing a, a public service and we're hell. You know what? Does that make sense? Like, I feel like they come, I feel like they come with passion of like, Oh, we're, we're helping and we're, you know, there's too many and coyotes are killing all the cattle and we're here to help. You know, I feel like they, there is intent. Does that make sense? I don't know. It does. Absolutely. And I think, I think, I think a lot of that's just a justification, sure. um, you know, and, and, and folks, there are folks that like to whatever. And, and again, I, I don't want to downplay hunting by any means, but that folks that get a, a kick out of doing that, which is kind of scary in its own right, it especially in those roundup type of, of killings where you're killing just to kill. But that said, yeah, I think it's a justification that uh, they feel they're, they're doing a really good job when, like you said, a lot of times it's, it's quite the opposite. Yeah, I have, um, I, my, my cousin lives in the foothills here in Idaho in this like nice little community, but it's in the Boise foothills. And, you know, she called a few weeks ago and said, oh my God, a, a, a coyote almost got our little dog Bo. It's like this tiny little chihuahua looking thing. And, and of course I, I went to her house the other day and I looked over and their fence is only three feet tall. It has like an iron bars where the little dog could get through. And I'm sitting there and I look and I said, well, of course a coyote's going to want to come and try to eat Bo. What? I could hop yeah. the, It's like this little fence. I'm like, you guys, like, of course they're taking, like, this makes sense. Like, you guys get a higher fence. Like, we need to learn to coexist. You live in the, you live in the foothills. What are you going right, to do? You know, that, that, something like that recently happened here. So we have uh, in Billings, there's these really cool rock formations called the rims and it kind of borders the, the town and mountain lions have existed on those rims for, again, thousands of years. And, you know, again, as we build closer and closer to those rims, those mountain lions are coming down. People are flipping out because they're seeing them on the trail cams. And I was like, you know, one on the radio and I told people, listen, these mountain lions have always been there. You just are seeing them more because, because everybody under the sun now has a trail cam in their backyard oh. to see the cute wildlife and then are shocked when they see a mountain lion. You know, the world's ending. There's a mountain lion. Well, they've always been there. It's just you haven't seen them because technology hasn't been there to allow you to see them. You know, don't panic. Everything's going to be okay. They're not going to come for your kids. Yeah, it, it's crazy. That's a really good point because everyone and their mom has a wise cam or has these cams now. You're totally right. And we're catching yeah. things that we've never we've never done before. That's a really good right. point. One of those things, ignorance is bliss, right? Yeah. I mean, I grew up in the mountains of southern Idaho in the middle of the cat in the middle of the woods, like a cabin in the woods, and I would always be hiking and exploring and this and that. And I always had I, I had my my dog Toby, a German shepherd my parents got me to just go with me. But we live with mountain lions. I mean, literally, like we had a mountain lion break into our chicken coop we knew because of the footprints, but never bothered me. I mean I never saw them, but I'm sure they saw me. I know they did. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I th that's why I love mountain lions so much. They're so stealthy and, you know, and, and they're so, they're, 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 they don't want to be around people, you know, and, and yes, um, attacks have happened. Absolutely. I mean, it, it, it's, it's documented, but it, they're rare, you know, and, and most likely, like you said, they're going to see you long before you see them and they're going to usually hightail it out, out of there.
Yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay. So with, with wolves and I, so if you're having a discussion with someone who's anti-wolves, sorry to kind of bring the conversation back to wolves. I went on, no. I'm on a little tangent there, coyotes, mountain lions, whatever. Um, what, what are your like three points that you tell people who are anti-wolf? Like what are the three points? If a listener is listening and they're like, okay, I want to have a sound discussion, but what are like my three heavy hitters to try to convince people that yes, wolves are good. We need to conserve them. So for me, I always like to put it back on, on them. So the biggest thing is kind of listen to what they what they say. Uh, so for me, oh. the big ones that I always mention are the fact that uh, that they wolves are not out there to kill the trophy animal. So mm. you know to say that they're decimating an elk population, they're not. They're actually bettering the population through their hunting technique. So that's number one. I think number two is the commodity aspect that is huge. Uh, you know that wolves actually provide quite an economic footprint, which is a really important thing, um, especially here in the West. And I think number three for me is that we saw firsthand what happens when you take a predator. I don't even have to use the word wolf, but you take a predator out of an ecosystem. We saw firsthand what happens in Yellowstone National Park, and it wasn't good. Uh, You know, we made a mistake once. We fixed that mistake, and Yellowstone bounced back. Let's not make that a mistake again. We can't afford to do that. Uh, so those are really my big three things that I always talk about. And if you have time, throw in there that, like you said, less than 1% of, of cattle are taken by wolves. It is not an issue. You know, I like what you said. First, listen, I'm really bad about that because I get, I jump to things. Like if someone's like, hey, wolves, I'm like, why? They kill it. I mean, I'm like, I'll jump on some. I, I, you know what? I like what you said. Listen to what they have to say and say, okay. Mm-hmm. And then maybe bite, bite, bite your tongue. I'm talking to myself and then like, let them, you know, let's get, let's get their points. And then you can, you know, kind of counter with these three things. I really like that. Yeah. Well, thank you. And then, and that's it. You, you're right. You do have to bite your tongue sometimes. I mean, I, I'm sure you get it as an animal guy. You know, a lot of times you'll have people come up to you. Oh, I just shot this great trophy elk the other God. day. That's awesome. Yeah, thanks. I, I appreciate that. I why? don't know. But... Whoa, whoa, wait. Let's talk about that. Why do people do that to me? I It happens to me all the time. So I like I can't even tell you. I can't even tell you. Oh, this is a great. I can't even. Someone show, was trying to show me a picture of a trophy alligator they shot. And I and, and they were trying to justify and be like, oh, but this was legal. And we blah, blah, blah. I don't want to see that. Like, what? What is yeah. Why? Do you know? Great question. If you find out, let me know. I don't know. I, I think that maybe that's the only way they can feel a connection is that it's at least an animal story. Uh, you know, I'd rather hear about, you know, if you're going up to get an elk, talk about the incredible, you know, snowshoe hair you saw in the snow rather than the actual shooting of the animal. I, I don't know. I don't know why it happens, but you're right. It happens to me all the time as well. Um, I, I will never, I will never understand it. What do you say? And you know, I like what you said, because I had another podcast guest. I forgot who said it, but they were telling me it's because that's their closest relation to nature. And because you're a nature person, that is the closest, like they feel like that's how they can relate. Because at first I thought people would do that to try to get a, like a rile out of me, which I feel like some people do, but I kind of, I kind of agree with that. Like they, that's their closest to nature. And they're like, Oh, I, I don't know. You know? Yeah. And, and I probably don't do the right thing. Honestly, when that happens, I just kind of shake my head and be like, Oh, it's a beautiful animal and move on. Um, oh. you know, I, I should, I should say, ah, I, you know, I'm not interested in seeing that, but sometimes that's harder than it is just to then say, great, thank you. And, and move on the way. If it, if the conversation goes into, you know, like, Oh, I, I, you know, put a, a, a shovel through a rattlesnake's head the other day at my ranch. 
uh, sometimes I'll say, oh, actually, that rattlesnake was probably doing more good than you think, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, sometimes they don't want to hear that. So I, I usually just nod and walk away. Is it hard, though? Because I'm sure you have zookeepers at your zoo who work for you who hunt, like deer and elk. Uh, yes. Uh, you know, honestly, I don't know if I do right now. Oh, okay. I'm trying to think of it through my zookeepers. But, yeah, again, I, I'm not opposed. As long as you're doing it right. You're doing it legally and ethically. I, I'm okay with that, especially if you're eating it. I mean, great. Yeah. You know, great. And especially those that are hunting with bow and arrow. I mean, taking a boat back old school. I mean, okay, make it a make it a good challenge. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know, using a AK-47 with a scope from 400 yards doesn't make any sense. No, not at all. And speaking about rattlesnakes, did you see? Did you watch Yellowstone? Please tell me you do. I do. Yes. Oh my god! If if you would have said no, I would have been like, oh my god, you're from Montana, and you know, okay. In the <laughs> late right? right. in the latest episode, John Dutton is telling the family about this big rattlesnake, and I think oh the 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 the, the young kid says, what did you do to the snake? Did you kill it? And I was thrilled that the show left in john denton looked up and said hell no i didn't kill that snake you know how many mice that things can eat and what? i i was like i was i was like did you not see that it's the latest episode i love it i'm gonna have to find a way to find that producer and thank him because well, that's big news it is now now hold on that snake did die because i think it got an attack with the dog and john dutton showed the rattle but the fact that they said heck no it eats all the mice is huge. I mean, I just that am so happy. Huge. That's big. That, that makes me happy as well. You know, it's filmed here in Montana, so I, I gotta, I'll gotta, i figure out a way to get a hold of them and, and thank them for that, that's, the writer or something. That's so awesome. Well, Jeff, thank you for being on the show. Do you want to join me for the after show really quick? Yeah, I'd love to. Let's do it. All right. And uh, Jeff, by the way, uh, can you let our audience know where they can find you in Zoo Montana on social media? Absolutely. So zoomontana.org is our website. Uh, our handle on Facebook is obviously Zoo Montana. And then you can find me, Jeff the Nature Guy, either on uh, uh, Instagram or so on uh, Facebook and then soon to be TikTok as well. Uh, I'm old, so it takes me a while to get up to the speed. But uh, Jeff the Nature Guy, just, just Google me. That's awesome. And audience, if you want to join us for the after show, all you have to do is head on over to patreon.com slash animals to the max to listen to exclusive Patreon only interviews. It's the full interview. It's the after show. So, all right, let's do it. Let's head on over. Thanks for listening to the Animals to the Max podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with friends and family. Also, if you haven't already, hit the subscribe button. It really helps me out. As always, if you have any guest suggestions, if you want to email me personally, head on over to CorbinMaxi.com. And if you haven't already, check out our social channels. You can follow me at CorbinMaxi on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We'll talk to you next time.